0: Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder.
1: Here's the headline. Stanford's class of 2026 doesn't look like America. Nate Hotchman from the National Review. So this, to me, if it's from the review, seems like it's going to be very meter.
0: Yeah, I like. I actually like the National Review. I read it, it pretty is. regularly. Yeah. It's, I feel like they, you know, it, it gets exhausting sometimes to read only one side. And and I that's one of the reasons why these magtards go so crazy about the quote unquote liberal media is because there is a lot of liberals in the media, and they're not sort of looking at the side. So I like that. I feel like that the National Review tends to be more balanced. This guy Nate Hockman, he is hardcore MAGA. I mean, he is he's out there in terms of. I don't disagree with him, but he's definitely MAGA. If you look at the kind of things he posts on his Twitter page and everything, he's definitely a pretty young guy, but he's definitely out there on the MAGA meter for sure.
1: Well, in the old days, in the 80s, when there was actual conservative, there's always been bad conservatives, but right. when a conservative wasn't a bad thing, like people like David Brooks, where you were a fiscal conservative, right. but you weren't banging people about abortions and right. don't, like conservatives... But now Conservatives got a bad name and National Review is tacked a little to the MAGA, but they're still not as MAGA as like. Well, that's because there's going to be more people
0: in the MAGA that are going to read the National Review than, you know, people that look
1: at MSNBC. Here it is. The demographic profile of Stanford University's class of 2026 is out with 1,736 matriculated students in the freshman class of one of the most prestigious universities. So hear this. Whites make up more than 50% of the nation's adolescent population, but they were only 22% of Stanford's class of 2026. So obviously this has something to do with affirmative affirmative actions, which has been in place in colleges and universities since the 70s, and which, by the way, Brandon, if you're paying attention, is going to get reviewed by the Supreme Court and could end this year. So when you see these numbers that they're not matching up, the population of America is not matching up with the population of the freshman class in Stanford. Does that make sense to you, or are you angry?
0: Well, I'm not angry. Number one, Stanford University's, uh, on one hand, I'd love for my daughter to get into Stanford because it's such an amazing academic institution. But You're a main most, person. Of, most of the people that have gone to Stanford that I've met over the years are kind of just... I don't know, nerdy douchey. I just don't really. Ah, Matt uh, Miller, Carla Peterson. uh, Come on. Yeah, again, I mean, a few of them that are okay, but, you know, there's just a thing. I mean, it's Stanford. And by the way, that was people that went 30 years ago. I think it's even more so now. I think I agree with this article. I think the biggest issue is this idea of around affirmative action. Hockman brings up this, or Hotchman, however he pronounces it, brings up this really good point that if the, if the numbers were inverse and say this was 23% were people of color and 77% were not people of color right, or were white, people would be losing their minds about this. They'd be talking about it. But because it's the inverse and we're saying if you really want diversity, that means it ha- if you want it to look like the population as a whole, then it should be 50% white. Now, but I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't want it to be there. There's a there's a retribution going on right now in this country where we're going to attack anyone that's considered part of the status quo, anyone that histor- their, their their gender or their ethnicity is part of a historic status quo is under attack. And that's why these guys are writing these articles and why the magtards are going crazy and why Trump gets elected. He quotes this Elizabeth Spires in there. And she writes, the refusal to even consider the possibility that women and minorities are outperforming white men applicants here is unsurprising. It's like, no, sister, that's not the point. The point is those... Minority students that got a, a leg up—they weren't outperforming white students. They were given in because we needed to have diversity on campus, and they didn't have the same access. They didn't have the same privileges as white students did. We all know that. The problem is now that it's swung the other way, they're not even willing to have that conversation. You know, if you've been paying attention, men. Young men are really in crisis right now, and no one on that woke side wants to talk about that. They just want to say, well, good. Good riddance to bad rubbish. I'm like, okay. So you're saying listerot 50% of the population? And by the way, men of color are deeply impacted by the trends that are going against men. It's just a bigger
1: fish fry in here than what they want up here. But that doesn't have anything to do with college. I I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it does. It has everything to do with college. 70%. you can't just let disaffected young men in college. No, but college. here's
0: what I'm saying is that it's not just this. Women are out, are, are graduating at much higher. It's not like yes. 52 to 48. It's going to be yeah. 70 to 30. That's bad for our
1: society. That's all my yes. point is. But but I agree with you. We need to help disaffected young men, white men specifically, but college and, is and not the way. And men of color, right? And, but college is not the way. So I think we're in agreement. What we're going to do... I do think we're having a discussion that's going to be wiped out this year. They will end affirmative action this year. Supreme Court is very conservative. It's come up. So affirmative action is gone. What I my question to you is, is Stanford as a private university. Will they be able to do whatever they want as far as? Yes. So they're going to be if they want to continue this not following the standard population of America. They could continue yeah. to diversify and let whoever they want well, in. And Stanford is going to, you know, what what's sort of happened over the last 30
0: or 40 years is that in, in many, many positive ways that the, that the landscape has changed to where people are more aware of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. There There's a push for it as well. There should be. Women should be treated equally, right? A lot of the things that go along with what this affirmative action and DEI movement have brought are really good. The problem is the pendulum has swung way, way out. So Stanford being a private institution filled with lots of really wealthy people. And by the way, these people, once they come out, I don't care what color they are. They could be Martian. They're going to be rich. And they're going to be powerful. They're not it's not like they're going back to the hood, right? Once they leave Stanford, they're taking high well, end jobs. That's debatable. No, that's but debatable. my point is is that they have a leg up by going to Stanford whether, of whether course or they what. do. And and that... so they're gonna be financially better off in general, right?
1: Yes. But that doesn't mean they're not gonna go back to the communities in which they came from. No, but my point is is that it's not as if
0: all of a sudden it's like, well, we gave this, you know, we took this poor kid and he's gonna go necessarily go back to his poor community, and maybe that's not even the point.
1: Well, I don't think that is the point. All that to say is I kind of the world is becoming a diverser place. You can't debate that. If you want to equip people to deal with a more diverse place, as I think Stanford is doing, they're saying we are going to make our classes very diverse so that when you go into the real world, you'll be able to handle a diverse workforce, which I think is smart on their part. Now that's a different discussion than Affirmative, affirmative action requiring someone and, you know. So what do we do with the 50% of the population that's white? I, I'm just, I, the, the demographics are changing as far as work, neighborhoods, schools, everything is changing. So there's no formula. I do think it's okay for Stanford, a public, I mean, a private institution to say, we want our students to be very equipped to deal with a more diverse workplace going forward. Yeah, So we are going to ha- – so I think it's okay for Stanford, but I don't think it's okay for public institutions Why not? to do it. Because taxpayer money in theory, right, I, I'm not paying for – but I'm saying private institutions that can By the way, get Stanford all- gets federal dollars too. But- I know. They all get federal dollars. But right. in general, I'm okay with a private company institution saying, hey, we want to specifically take diversity on because then we feel, feel like – that's the best way to equip – I'm okay what with What if that. they were saying
0: that, hey, listen, we've looked at the landscape, run the numbers, and we know that 50% of the population is white, so
1: we want it to represent that. Are you okay with that too? I'm okay with – yes, I am. I'm okay, okay but I, I'm just okay with private institutions, companies, saying the best way to deal with a growing, changing landscape out there is to deal with this way, and that's how we're going to do it. So a private company does not have to – Worry about DEI
0: is what you're saying. If they don't, want I, to. I'm not
1: saying that. I, I'm not. I'm not saying this at writ large. But I'm saying if you want to be and you're not getting, in theory, government funds and not taking taxpayer dollars and all, all things equal, I'm okay with someone saying we're going to be overly diverse. Right? I understand it. But are you extreme. okay with
0: them being under diverse?
1: Yes. They have the right to if, do whatever if,
0: they want. If that's their prerogative. Okay, so a private business that doesn't take a penny of public money says we're not going to hire any person of color. We're not going to hire women. We're not going to hire LGBTQ. We're only going to hire white dudes. Yep. You are one hundred percent okay
1: with that. Yep. Because I feel like in this world that company won't be around long because that's just not the way the work. Maybe that's not the way the but but I'm okay with that. Not the way the world works anymore. By the way, if you're not hiring women at your company, you're not going to succeed. That's it. Cuz the, the smartest and hardest working and everybody that's coming out into the workforce are women. Hmm. So if you're going to be this private company that doesn't hire women, I mean, you're going to you're going to fail.
0: A lot of the private equity firms are all men.
1: But so just to be clear, I am good with that. A private company saying, "Hey, we're only going to hire middle-aged white guys." Cool.
0: See how that see how that goes for you. Okay? I'm not sure I necessarily agree with you on that. I Here's the thing. Ultimately, to me, it's about it's a question that's up for debate. I think it's a far healthier thing to have a diverse workforce than a not diverse workforce. It is. I think it's a healthier thing for women to have more opportunity than less opportunity. People of color to have more opportunity, less. You know what I mean? So I think that's all for a better society. I guess the only caveat I have to any of this is the layer of hypocrisy that can happen, can happen, not always, but can happen you know, as you know, I worked in schools for a long, long time, and I could tell you that I was absolutely the minority in those schools. Being a white man in most schools today, you are absolutely on the bottom rung of any sort of driving cultural force. You just are. And and if, yeah. you, if you don't get that, then you're not paying attention. But so... My concern would be, and, and not concern for me, because I'm like, oh, it'll work itself out. My concern is sort of the backlash that comes from the Magtards and others that say, you know, the culture wars and this, that, and the other thing. And you get the Marjorie Taylor Greens out there. I, I worry that because the other that side of the DEI folks are not even willing to listen anymore. They're like, listen, suck it up, boomer, white guy, eat it. If you've got that attitude, you are just going to put people on the defensive that might be your allies that's all i'm saying
1: that's my one concern about the whole
0: thing i, I
1: the as you know the problem with society is that most people think it can only be one way right that's on both sides and that's not how it should be it should be a compromise and we should be able to make thoughtful discussions about how we educate our st- our students that are coming up and the best way to do that and there's not going to be one answer to that solution so how do we compromise, right? I would not agree with the Hulksters or the Magometers on this. I think it's a combination, but that's not how the way the world's working anymore. And that's, what, that's why the system's broken. I think
0: that we definitely need to have more open conversations about, you know, with, without sort of saying there's only one way to think about it for yes. sure. I think that's a healthier way to look at it. And hopefully the pendulum will swing back somewhere in the middle, but it's not going to happen today, Larry. So, but I would like to thank you for teaching me about diversity, equity, and inclusion.